Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom Andrew. I'm Tom. And I'm Drew. And this is, oh no, I forgot how to do the open. This is the only podcast where we will guarantee the only thing you'll hear is mediocrity, as you've just witnessed. Getting off, on a, getting off on the, on a good foot today. I forgot the open. I've done it almost 75 times. Can't remember how to how to do it. Yeah, we're almost almost to a hundred, huh? This will be seventy one. So let's see. Seems weird. If we maintain our current pace, I think we will hit it by let's see, twenty nine divided by four is seven. Uh, November will be the hundredth episode. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, for I'm all assuming... you listener to enjoy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> fingers pointed at you, Master Winkle. That's right. Um, but yeah, I'm assuming one of us or both of us will take a vacation. Maybe some other some some other life events will happen or whatever. I, along I the think way. probably maybe around July. Yeah. And then, yeah, so that should be, it's my birthday month, by the way. That's and, it. And uh, that's, that's what you were why. referencing. Yep. And then, so hopefully by Thanksgiving, maybe we'll, we'll have our hundredth. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Are you nervous to share your birthday month with somebody else who's going to be important in my life? Not at all. I'm fucking thrilled about it. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping we hit the same day. Uh, then yeah. I don't know. We'll have to name her Drew then, right? Uh, I like your. Well, oh, okay. I mean, while while Drew certainly does work for both a boy and a girl. <laughs> So no matter what, but um, yeah. you are having a girl. That is correct. And uh, I was way more impressed with the name that you and your wife oh, okay. kind of le- is the leading contender at the moment. So a real uh, a real winner in my book. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Did you did trying you ex- to find the name of IG11? Yeah, we <laughs> yeah find the name. IG11 is the name we picked out for her. Yeah. She won't be teased at all by being like, hey, where's your barcode? <laughs> right. Why do you want to kill Grogu so badly? Yeah. Jeez. Do that thing where you walk around on just your hands when you drag your legs behind you. <laughs> Which she'll probably do for the first yeah. you know, couple, you know. Uh, eight, you know, 18 months or whatever. So. Yeah. So that'll be, uh, we'll have to get her like a little costume or whatever and. I'm sure that they can have like IG 11 costumes for kids. Right. I mean, Disney's got that, that yeah. niche covered. Let's see. Are you looking them up right now? I am. Oh my God. I might have to make it. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a friend who always made her own um, Halloween costumes and they were. Elaborate. That's cool. So I might be able to pull a few strings for you. Yeah. Of course now they like there's cosplaying, right? So. Oh my God. It's that's a, just rampant absolutely huge so i was in i was in um anaheim Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago and i was there for a rock concert and we were walking around and then we just started passing people that were like clearly cosplaying Mm -hmm. and i was like there must be some sort of thing going on here because they were all like you're just like look down the street and there's just droves of of fantasy characters wanting to waiting to cross the street there was a convention, a comic convention, of course. Was, it was just like, 
I was just like, oh, that's, well, that's California for you. Oh, okay. Now it's too consistent. Now something's going on. Something is right. going on right now. Yeah. So it's just awesome. I remember the last time uh, I, I bumped into a cosplayer was at Gen Con, got over a decade ago. I'll do it. And I was in the uh, Great Hall where they uh, do all the board game demos. And I was waiting on my buddy that I was with to finish up his demo. And I just turned my head and looked down the aisle. And down the aisle is walking this this dude, skinny dude, in like this completely white suit. Yeah. And you and I uh, used to do <laughs> some podcasts about uh, yeah. Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. And this guy was one of the characters from Full Metal Alchemist, which is my favorite anime. Yeah. And uh, I literally, and remember, I'm like 30 years old. 29 28 30 years old yeah i ran up to him and i'm like you're this guy from the from brotherhood right and he was like yeah and i was like can i take my picture with you totally just like fanboying out uh at some random stranger who <laughs> yeah. happened to dr- looks like one of the like a character i watched in the cartoon you know yeah and uh yeah he was really that's cool what those places it. are for though man oh, god you know he posed for uh he posed for a picture with me and then we ended up talking about the character and why he likes them. And I was like, man, you just, you aced it, man. Like you are, <laughs> you know, you are that guy come to life. Like you look yeah. exactly like him and he could, Oh man, I was, I was just. Absolutely That's cool. Bored. Yeah, Can you imagine really being cool. a kid just going to someplace like that? You're just like, why is Superman just walking around? This is oh, insane. I, yeah. Like, especially if you didn't understand that like Superman didn't exist outside of your television. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's a big thrill, man. I mean, you tap into people's imaginations and what they, you know, what they like. And yeah, it's just, it's just a really cool thing. Doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But we didn't, we didn't start the podcast today to talk about cosplay, unfortunately. Uh, You maybe didn't. I know you didn't either. Don't make it sound like you were doing that. Well, first of all, you called me over the weekend needing to warn me that you have some choice words. I changed say. my mind. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so we're going to, so the, the, just so that Chris knows, uh, a mutual friend of all of ours, Dan Ramsdale, Master Ramsdale, as we call yeah, him. Just welcome to the Jedi Council. First and last name him out there. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. He can take care of himself. He, uh, he sent me this, uh, conversation online from people i mean he had just read it it was like comments and whatever youtube chat or whatever and it was talk i guess we're going to talk about it so it was um (laughs) wait or is this the diatribe telling us about not talking about it correct okay so it's i'm i'm paradoxical today apparently (laughs) so so it was uh it was these two people discussing um some scenes from rebels and some other things uh also rogue one and they all involve darth vader yeah and so the person who had started the i don't know about started but like they had posted a comment that like if vader hadn't like turned off the lights on his like little breathing rectangle on his suit mm-hmm. when he was storming the tanta for the, the ship that uh leia was on with the death star plans yeah he would have had enough time to you know find her and gotten the plans back and the whole story would have changed but because he was like showboating effectively like um 
he he cost himself that opportunity. So then someone responded with like, you know, oh, like here's another example of that. And it's like Vader in Rebels standing on the top of his X-Wing, flying like using the force to like land his X-Wing on the ground. Yeah. Like lightsaber ignited, standing there all calm, just like this is a moving platform that I control with the force. Yeah. And so all these people started to like jump on the bandwagon of like here's this other thing that vader did where he's like showing off and i'm like he's not showing off (laughs) he's instilling fear in his opponent and um it reminded me of this poem that i'd read um uh all i do is win 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 no matter what (laughs) what what put your hands in the air and let them stay there by dj Khaled, and uh that's what he that is a tool that he uses that he that he cultivates is sure you make your opponents afraid of you right so like when he lights up the lightsaber and in on rogue one and marches (laughs) straight up marches down the hallway are those guys putting up any resistance no they're lambs to the slaughter right and it's because they're fucking terrified of the dude coming down the aisle at him, right? And so, like, Vader uses this tool. Like, we see it in Kenobi, right? Like, he's walking down Main Street, snapping necks. There's no reason to do that. He's trying to make, he's demonstrating his power to make Obi-Wan afraid Yeah, that he's there. And it works. It works time and time again. It worked for, like, two decades. He's not showing off. He's... that is not who anakin skywalker is anymore like that part of anakin skywalker died when he created you would have to want everyone to think you're cool to show off right and he doesn't care about someone be alive at at the end of it (laughs) right which he very rarely does yeah and like when he decides to let someone live that seeing him do this, the shit that he can do, it's because he wants them to tell other people. Spread more fear. Exactly. That's the game he's in. That's the tool that the Empire uses to keep people from rebelling and fucking about, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. So, like, I saw this and I was like, you know, all these thoughts raced through my head in like a blink of an eye, right? <laughs> and <clears throat> I'm thinking to myself, these people don't get the character. They don't get it. Yeah. Like they're, they're like projecting like their thoughts, like from like what we would do in our culture onto this character and not thinking about what that character would do. And like this, like misapplication of like what the, like the people who are creating the character of Darth Vader are conveying and people not getting it leads to like i think the misinterpretation of a lot of different characters from well we we yeah i i agree and that's part of the fun that i have is trying to equate and fit them into the boxes of of Mm -hmm. what we create but that's i mean everyone's just trying to when you see something like that you're just like what are the what would the any normal human being's motivation be right instead of i mean darth vader is not a normal human being though right You're so smart. Ah, thanks. You're so much better than the people in the comments. Than most of the internet? Sure. The idiots. That's right. 
watch our podcast listen to f- our podcast yeah. do you feel better now well no because they're still, out out. There, they're still out there talking about it but like yeah. but like i think that like din jaren like we're going to talk about the mandalorian today like always and or a lot of the time and you know i think that like people don't I mean, you and I have been talking about like trying to figure out like what is what is Creed all about and like why would this happen? Why would they yeah. do that? Yeah. You know, what do you think they're up to here? That kind of stuff. We're gonna do more of it in a few minutes, but like <laughs> I don't know that people are really getting it. Like they're like, Well, don't you think this guy like wants to go off and just like start a family somewhere? And I was like, He's done that. He has Grogu. Like mm-hmm. he adopted a kid, you know, like we we see people do that in our world. Grogu adopted him, but yeah. Did he? I he chose him, right? Oh, when he came back, sure. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Yep, that's a, I'd agree. Yeah, but we find that we we learned last time that some Mandalorians have kids. Yep, the good old fashioned way, right? Yeah, which I mean, I guess is he a foundling? Is that dude's kid a foundling? So I don't know if you're born into it, if you would be considered, I mean, like, I yeah. would think that the name kind of implies that, like, you've been adopted, right? Like, into the right. culture, they found you, right? That's yeah. the way that I think about it. So I don't know. So we learned an episode ago or so ago, like, there's a level between foundling and Mandalorian, and that's apprentice. Yeah. So I don't know if there's some kind of other designation for people who are born into the culture maybe not maybe they are considered foundlings and that's just their word for like uninitiated child or something but i could also see it being like uh i'm not even going to take a guess as to what it might be called but like you know someone would make sense what youngling would make sense it would so but uh, maybe we'll find out before the end of the season. I mean, that kid Ragnar has been in a couple of ab- episodes. Yeah. You know, and if some, if they go to Mandalore, maybe some other gigantic monster will try and attack and kill him. Like he's two for two. Only if they know about it for weeks in advance. Yeah. Ragnar monsters bait or something <laughs> like that would be a good last name for him. <laughs> hey guys, do you want to see a huge monster? Why don't we have Ragnar go just for a walk anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> That dude is like a magnet for giant carnivorous animals. That'd be that'd be cool once you got older, right? Like once you're like 25. You're like, why do they call you Ragnar Monster Bait? And you're like, yeah. well, that sounds terrible, first of all. Yeah. But uh it's like, well, I've helped capture over a thousand monsters. Yeah. How? By letting them eat me. I just I show up outside of a cave. <laughs> 61% of the skin on my body is from grafts. That's like a real distinction. Like that's like an achievement yeah. unlocked. In the yeah, Mandalorian. yeah. That's that's his his uh hatches. You know how in uh yeah. Boy Scouts you get you oh get I was a badges. Boy Scout. Yeah, oh, you were percent. Yeah. So it's like I don't even want to take the helmet off. Like yeah. I could even when I can, I don't. I got this mudhorn badge. It's it's yeah. furry though, so it stands out. I weigh ninety six pounds because I can only <laughs> all my food is liquid. Uh, a spoiler alert ahead. In case you haven't seen the the fifth episode, episode of season yeah. three, chapter twenty one, as it were, the pirate. 
the pirate, which I love all the pirate things about this episode. You really do. Yeah. Uh, I like that. He called them gun whales. I like that. He, uh, the giant ship still seemed to be like a boat in sea. I'm yeah. surprised that they didn't have flags. That would have been great if they would have had masts and flags. Mm-hmm. Like a sailboat, that would have been cool. But it was certainly more piratey than I thought it would be. Like yeah. they, <laughs> they really cool. hammed it up. I a lot of people really enjoyed it. I saw like there was a lot of like King Gorian shard appreciation out on. Yeah, Twitter. yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's all not. He's got like seaweed, right? Mm-hmm. Seaweed for skin or fur. I don't know. I'm not. I have no idea. I can't even guess. I've never seen his race before. But like. So, so, you know, first of all, we start with uh, grief, high chancellor, grief cargo, right? Mm-hmm. And he's there planning, doing some city planning now, because that's what he does. He tries to maximize trade and convenience for his people mm-hmm. in, instead of what he used to do, which was as shoot a, motherfuckers in the face for a living. Right. You know, as a good high magistrate does. Yeah. <laughs> He's changed, is is what I'm saying, from what right. he used to be, right? He's grown up a little bit. Uh, and then, so the pirates pirates blow it all to hell, and then they come down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, in the very first episode when Vane is there, he's like, you bought this town or whatever from your cut of my, of my uh, captain's treasure. Sure. And I'm like, you mean my money? You mean, yeah, my cut of of the the stuff I earned out of his money? Yeah, sure, it's my money though, Dick. <laughs> right? That that'd be like my my work being like, uh, I'm sorry, you bought this pizza with the money that I that you got from me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it yours anymore. It's mine now. That's how economy works. Vain. Anyway. You know- Pirates have always been a real understanding for giving lot, you know, so I, know. I can understand after, after they take over the city. Cause they do, right. They blow it up and then they, but I love this whole thing that like typical cartoonish bad guys do, which is they're just terrible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like they, they just, they just need a place to drink. And I assume uh piss freely. Right. Yes. And uh, like someone, a dude comes out carrying a plate of food and one guy just kicks the food off and, and then, the guy the guy that got the food on him starts to like go after the guy like just anarchy yeah 100%. if i were if i were a pirate i would still be like you're gonna make my food for me right <laughs> okay okay i'm not gonna pay you i just need you to know that because pirate but i don't want to make it i didn't want to cook it yeah <laughs> yeah let's say i don't kill you right payment oh, enough. and you continue you continue to make and bring me food that'd be great because I really like eating. I really don't like uh, doing anything to get it. Right. But they were very cartoony. They it was were. a very cartoony vibe for this episode in that respect. Yeah. Right. The thing that I thought was like the most that of what you're describing is uh-huh. uh, when they, the two guys come out of the bar drunk and they like shoot at the <laughs> Kawaken monkey lizards in the tree. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, Arr! you know, and it's just like, you're just being a dick to be yeah yeah what the fuck is wrong with you like by the way they're they're coming out of the bar yeah 
school conversions, drinking alcohol. So they were yeah. really like, I am getting alcohol out of this building. Whether even if I have to bring the alcohol in here and then leave with it. What are those like bar rehabilitation shows on like Yeah, like Bar Rescue? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, but for <laughs> Star Wars. And it's just like that would be a great skit. Broke everything, you know. Oh, was can it, you not see SNL doing it? Like John John Tafford or whatever is the dude from Bar Rescue, right? Just him coming in and like, uh, this is a school I know, but it used to be a bar. Well, this is a terrible bar. That's why we need you. Okay, we need to get rid of these books. Yeah, he's hustled in at like gunpoint yeah. by two guys. <laughs> yeah, fix it. Gory fix my bar right like, now. Hey. I used to drink here when I was a young pirate. Can you like yeah. get it back to the way it was? when <laughs> To I its glory? It? Yeah. yeah. It yeah, smells too totally much like it. learning and not enough like feces. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, Drew almost do a spit take. You got, you, the part that got me was it smells like learning. <laughs> yeah, that's what pirates hate, right? Other oh, people bettering me. themselves. That really hit me sideways. <laughs> Yeah, so that their whole bit was pretty cartoony. Now I'm gonna remember that one for years. Good, easily for years. Good. My legacy lives on. Yeah. So then we go to an outpost of sorts with some X-wing. Oh yes, people. this is this is what's known as a Delphi base. Okay. And the the Delphi Rangers, or I, I think he says like Delphi, which I've always hated. Mm-hmm. But um, the Adelphi Rangers, and so this is basically like, so imagine if you stationed a bunch of cops way out on the fringes, right? Like, I guess the best, the best uh, analogy I can come up with is like the Old West, and you just station like one lawman <laughs> in a sure. town, and it's like, hey, keep the peace. Sure. And there's just not enough of them. But... Uh is Adelphi in? Is this in the outer rim? I imagine it is. I um, they uh, grief cargo mentioned something to King Gorian Shard about the spinward control that that um, spinward is a direction like northwest, north, south, east, west, or west. Uh huh. I know there's spinward, coreward, anti-spinward, and I think there's one other one, but I I don't know how they relate. But I think what he means is like. You know, there's a patrol that comes. You know, this is basically like a patrol sure. that comes from, and like Gorian laughs at him or whatever, and that's he's laughing at these guys, right? You know, which I don't know that I would. I mean, like we saw in I can't remember it was the first. It must be the first season, like when they go and they rescue that dude from like the prison ship. Yeah, like three X wings came through and blew that dude's base to shit. Yeah, like no trouble at all. So like, I wouldn't I wouldn't laugh too hard. <laughs> Right. And the guy that we see, is he from the movies at all? So the guy that we, this is also the same uh, New, New Republic uh, X-Wing pilot yeah. that saved him from the ice spiders. Yeah, um, love that part. I do not know if he was in the sequel trilogy. That would be in the future from the point of the Mandalorian. True. So, and he's already kind of, let, let's call him like a, a senior pilot. Yeah. So I doubt it, but like, we certainly saw him earlier in the Mandalorian in a, in a previous season. Yeah. So Karga 
uploaded a hologram message, you know, help me, Obi-Wan. Uh, yeah. You're my only hope sort of deal. Mm-hmm. And sent it off to a bar that he happened to be at. Lucky him. <clears throat> uh, but then he goes off to base. Talk to uh, Tim Meadows, which I thought oh, before, was cool. before, but before we get, we get there, there's a blue dude, right? Yes. Yeah. So at Adelphi base there, uh, when he's reading grief Karga's message, uh, an alien comes up to him and has a few words about like, Oh, do you think we're going to, they're going to go help him? Like they're so backed up on Coruscant. This is the character. His name is Zeb Aurelios. He was in rebels. Yeah. He was part of Phoenix flight, which is an early rebel cell from Lothal. And what we know about him, you can you can watch Rebels and find out, but like he lived from basically the beginning of the rebellion till the present day. Not a small accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, congrats. He's been fighting the whole time, right? Yeah. Basically, like you've been fighting for 20 years. Like you made it. You know, like yeah. and I have no idea how long his race lives, but I mean, we're talking, you know, close to 20, 30 plus just. And he yeah. was an adult in Rebels. So, like, um, it was, I mean, everyone was freaked out to see him. They're, we're glad that they they dropped him into the episode. Yeah. <clears throat> those are kind of things that I kind of miss sometimes. Not so, knowing all of those little, and, like, Star Wars is famous for that stuff, right? Just, oh, like, yeah. sprinkling in little bits here and there. I just thought it was another member of his race, not him. Yeah. So when people were like, oh, it's Zeb, it's Zeb, I was like, okay, like calm, calm your shit. <laughs> and sure. then I went and looked up the credits and it was like, oh, it's the same guy that played him in Rebels. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. That's him. And then yeah, we, that, went to, we went to see Tim Meadows. That's really cool. Yeah. Which, because he needs to get, uh, Grief Karga asked him for help and he needs to get authorization to go Permission help him. Permission to go help people. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and they're not a part of, correct the new republic which is a problem for them right it's sort of like why would we help them they're not they don't have allegiance to us sort of or they haven't they haven't joined yet right as uh the lady says well i mean like i think that when you're somebody like grief cargo earlier in this season says like uh we're proud that we're like the only neutral trading post on the hydean way this yeah out or something like that yeah and like there's a lot to there's a lot to be said that's good about being independent like you can set your own agenda things move at your pace like you earn a bigger cut of the profits yeah and you don't have to follow other people's rules right and it's all fun and games until a bunch of pirates show up <laughs> on your fucking doorstep and it's like hey we run shit now. right right and then you're like you know what would be awesome is that overwhelming protective military force that helps keep people like this away from us. <laughs> yeah. You know, so then like, so like I understand grief's position. Like he, he backs into a corner. Like he, he there's no other choice. Like you have to go call for help. And if that means like joining the new Republic so that you can fly their flag and their duty bound to protect you, you do it. Right. In this kind of scenario. But he's given up a lot to do it like now i mean i would rather do that and be like a member world of the new republic than dead oh sure so like i you know no no problem here uh and while they're having their conversation uh the comms 
lady as I think one of her comms officer. Elia Kane. Elia Kane. Mm-hmm. The brain scrambler from a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, they show up again. Yeah, so, she just so they're just bad, it, right? They're just into a, her boss's office. Yeah. Just, oh, hey, I'm I'm going to get a salad. Did you want something? Oh, what are you guys talking about? Oh, were you going to go help those people? I don't know about helping those people. Yeah. It yeah, just yeah. creates a bunch of doubt and mistrust. You know, during you know he's trying to. I mean, like, so I thought it was interesting that she chose this situation to insinuate herself into. Yeah. So we, I, I think some of these threads are coming together. First of all, we only have three episodes left in the season. <laughs> yeah. So like, they're going to have to. Yeah. But we know that somebody bombed Bo-Katan's castle on Calvary, right? With and then TIE fighters, right? Yes. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. TIE fight, TIE intercept. Empire munitions empire tech straight out of the book right yeah then we know that she got planted in the new republic's amnesty program and has got some plan something she's there for a reason right yeah she sees that this is happening we know that gideon had a setup on navarro right i don't know that if he had any continued connection to this world but like she sees what's happening chooses to intervene into this situation yeah and was was she there when uh moff went to uh navarro and blasted him up and everything i don't believe so i believe the first time that we see her is in season two when we first get to look at his like his like cruiser that he, he was running yeah and she's in like two or three episodes, and then she's made a pretty big impact on this season so far. So she's obviously in in working with Moff Gideon. I would have good right? money on it. Yeah, yeah. Not a not a tough bet, I don't think. Those are the ones you take. <laughs> right. Uh, but like, so what do we think? Is she going to? Is she waiting for Moff to come back? Does she already know that he's been freed and is working? I mean, I'm sure he would want her there as long as possible, right? So I so my my bet would be that she's there at the right time to acquire something that he wants. Okay. So whether that's a piece of information, whether that's a piece of technology, a person, I don't know what it could be. But my guess is. I don't think that we've seen the last of Gideon. I think Gideon. Oh no, a, a return in this season well, at some point. The end of the episode would indicate that. Yes, I mean we're and definitely. we are certainly going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like the assumption being that she's working for Gideon. The assumption being that at some point she will reconnect with Gideon. Yeah, there has to be a reason as to why she went undercover to do this. So, like the new Republic. I mean. Either what what are your choices? Join the amnesty program or go to jail forever? So my thought was, I don't remember exactly how they said she was captured. Or reconditioning, whatever they called it. Reinforcement, I think. It didn't look good. No, it didn't. They, they all were very uh, afraid of that. Yeah. 
legit that seems that seems uh yeah legitimate uh legitimate good fear but like i think Excellent. she's there for a very specific reason and okay. i just don't know that we've been let in on the secret yet oh, okay i guess i was kind of under the impression that once gideon was taken now maybe she's communicated with him i don't like when we don't know things like that sure ahead of time right but i mean i guess it's possible i get the vibe that she's just like she's still undermining as often as she can sure everything that could go against the empire like she like she she took care of that scientist so that empire tech was not going to be used by the republic well i think she i'm going to disagree slightly i think that she i just made it up excellent i think that she killed pershing because he was aware of things about Moff Gideon and like he had basically outlived his usefulness. And so when they don't need you anymore, you're expendable and they tie up a loose end. You know, I've never understood anyone who works under that organization. That's a lot of pressure to always be useful. Right. Right. Like (laughs) it sort of reminds me of uh, the opening to dark Knight. When all of those people are robbing the bank and then he's like, he's like, oh, wait, no, you're just going to kill me now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, no. I shoot the bus driver. Bus driver. Yeah. But so, just like he starts connecting the dots like, wait, I had to kill that guy. I bet somebody's going to have is a, is a sign to kill me. Yeah. That's a right? lot of money. I'm only burning my half. Oh God. <laughs> we can do we can do a lot of rip, uh, Joker impressions, right? He did a great job. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It's just weird to like be to you're only good as long as you're useful, which is sort of the Empire's MO anyway. But like Moff seems like an even he seems like Orthodox Empire to me, right? So I, I believe that he's a zealot. And I believe yeah. that he's a he's a Palpatine loyalist yeah. is what I is would be my guess. So like I if you if you're Gideon, I don't think that your goal could ever amount to like we're going to take down the new republic. Right. And we're going to do that by taking people that are helpful to me and insinuating them into the bureaucracy that is the new republic. Mm-hmm. What makes sense to me is I've I've I'm going to rob a bank, so I'm going to get someone on the inside to help me rob the bank. Yeah. You know? So like, I think that's her role. She's the inside man and in whatever caper, you know, they've got, <laughs> they've got up their sleeves. Yeah. So um, when he does return, which I think is almost. Uh, Next episode. Yeah. Or, you know, like uh, inevitability guess. is what I was trying to go for. Oh yeah. Um, I think that we will see like her, uh, plan is you know enacted and she does whatever she's there to do and then like joins back up and it's like aha i had you guys all full the whole time and we're like you we think knew, so? though we knew when we saw you kill yeah. person we <laughs> we've been suspicious the whole time they're fictional characters on a television show that i watch so right I tell them. yeah i i, I, I ratted her out that's it's a weird thing, this amnesty program, because you really open yourself up to this thing. Well, this, I mean, this exact thing. So Master Winkle emailed us 
And he, one of the questions that he asked uh-huh. was, hey, the New Republic, they don't really seem like they're doing a very good job, right? <laughs> right. This amnesty program seems like it is ineffective or sucks. And, you know, you posed essentially what I would I would think his theme was again. Yeah. And my response was in the old canon, the New Republic spent so much time trying to not be the Empire that they didn't manage the galaxy well. Sure. I get that. You know, they were their whole thing was, you know, like if you're like somebody like if you're the next player on the Chicago Bulls after Michael Jordan retires. Yeah. It's like. How much of my career am I going to have to continue to prove I'm not Michael Jordan? Well, the problem is you'll always be proving that. Yeah. You know, and this is the problem. Like you're, you're, it's a tough act to follow, you know, being the empire. And so the new Republic just never lived up to the job. And eventually it got so bad that Leia, who was like the president of the new Republic at one point and like, inc- yeah. like completely um, one of the few people who were there from the beginning to build it as a government and a coalition and like a peacemaker, she gets so frustrated that she's like, fuck this. I'm done. I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go be a Jedi Knight with my brother. Hell yeah. And she becomes a Jedi master and does a lot of good that way on, in Luke's old order. But in this, in I mean, this bureaucracy visit, has to be not the greatest. <laughs> right. And I think that's what we're, I think that's what they're demonstrating in this, in these couple mm-hmm. episodes is like the amnesty program. Like we're going to rehabilitate people who are in the empire. It's just a fucking failure. Now we don't ever see the result, like the results of the things that are good. Right. You know, Pershing so wanted be, to do good. There has to be more people like Pershing that, would, that wanted to do that. Right. Math would have to say that's true. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I agree. And like what we're probably not seeing is like it's like the anakin skywalker and the jedi order problem it's like hey there's ten thousand jedi and they're probably most of them are out there doing a lot of good but this one committed genocide and like <laughs> turned to the sith you know and, so, and that's the one that made the movie killed all them babies yeah so like um oh by the way right now there's just a ton of like luke like luke and anakin shit like oh it's too bad they never got to like be father and son and every time i see a tweet like that or it's like you know, it's like uh, Luke racing his land speeder or like Anakin and like his pod racer yeah. like side by side. I'm like, one of these people never committed genocide or <laughs> murdered children with his bare hands. <laughs> Can you guess which one it is? It's Luke. It's Luke because Anakin did the other stuff. Yeah. He's a child murderer. <clears throat> he kills children. I don't know that I can state that enough. You don't feel sympathy. I mean, for. you go on countless missions for for the jedi council you oversee yeah. who knows how many negotiations sure save who knows how many lives right right but you kill one group <laughs> of children and you're labeled a child murderer forever or all of the groups or all of the groups yeah. of children. yeah yeah you know you would be like anakin's just like there he's on the council they won't make him a master He's all frustrated. He's talking to Sidious. You know, he doesn't know he's Sidious yet. And like, yeah. he was like, man, I helped them out on, you know, Naboo and, uh, you know, Ord Mantell and Kashyyyk, and they won't let me kill any children. Those greedy fucks. No. Nope. Wait till I'm a master. I'm going to kill all the children I can. Well, you know, had, had Qui-Gon 
gotten his mom out of there as well. Yeah. At the same time, she probably wouldn't have been been caught. Right. uh, By that group of. You're so close. People. Starts with a T. Ah, yes. The T's. The Tuscan Raiders. Tuscan Raiders. There it is. (laughs) And that's where he killed. Yeah. That, That was his first instance of child murdering. And technically all the murdering, right? Well, he hasn't he hasn't done murder up until this point. Not like that. You know, like once you get your blade wet with the blood of children, it's really hard to get <laughs> that's back. what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so like he's killed people, just not murdered them. This was straight up murder. Straight up murder. Like there's no other definition that yeah. even comes close. And so that's where you got his taste for it, you know. Oh, blood in the water, what's a shark gonna do, right? Right. I mean, like your instincts just take over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to think that I like to think of Palpatine was so many conversations where Palpatine's just like, I don't know, I mean, there's got to be a way an can just like kill children. Like, no, stop, stop suggesting that. We're just trying to figure out yeah. this one thing. You, I, we can kill some children. No, stop. Yeah. And then finally, Order Six is like, Anakin, it's time. Yeah. Like, children. Oh, yeah. my favorite path <laughs> to the dark side. <laughs> yeah. They don't even put up a fight. They're so little. I know. You know, like, oh, we, man. I think it was last episode we talked about, like, what animal could you realistically fight? Yeah. And win. How many eight-year-olds do you think it would take to There's, take down a fully on... trained Jedi Knight? Oh, my gosh. Swaths. I know. It's Groves of eight, eight, eight-year-olds. Yeah. How many Maybe. eight-year-olds do you think you could take out? Before I that, you don't have to out. kill you don't have to kill them you just have sure. to stop them from attacking i just punch one in the face and they go down crying and they're out of the fight kind of a scenario yeah yeah i i gotta say i'm not in the best of shape but i'll bet i could i could knock out 40 or 50 before i tired myself out and they were able to overwhelm me yeah yeah could you use them as a weapon like if i picked one up and just swung him by his uh legs yeah they right? don't weigh much of anything no you know, like um the average weight. Yeah. This is what this podcast brings you at home. <laughs> if you're looking for a podcast that will look eight up years. the average weight of an eight year old is so you can use them as a human weapon. Fifty six pounds? Podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm dual wielding those guys. You, I got one in every me, hand. You're telling me you can lift fifty pounds just hand? whipping them around. Heck yeah, they, man. They're gonna have to have clothes made somewhere other than China because like I mean, you're going to rip right through those t-shirts, flinging them around. You got to grab them by an arm or a leg. I'm just going to use their hair. I figure there's enough of that. You could probably slap some of them. Even you don't even have to punch them. I sent you an Instagram once of this British guy and he's at like a backyard barbecue. Yeah. He's just slapping everybody. He slaps every person there. It's the funniest (laughs) thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I bet, I bet you're selling yourself short. I bet it's well into the hundreds. I would just get too tired. I would just be like, I would sit down exhausted and be like, that's 51. I think. Yeah. But when they have to start climbing over the sure. mounds of unconscious eight-year-olds, they're going to get yeah. tired too. Worthy of recognition in the Jedi order. Yeah. Uh, someone's going to use this podcast in court someday for against us for sure. Well, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I could do that. You know, John Oliver had a, a bit about solitary confinement this week. <laughs> okay. And I'd be like, well, we've set a precedent for getting people sent away to solitary confinement. Uh, 
mediocre right. conversations in no way um, support the use of, the, the abuse, use abuse of eight-year-olds as human weapons. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a weird episode this is turning out to be. We're not even we're not even close to done either. No, we're not. Uh, so X wing X wing guy decides yep. he's gonna he's gonna call some other banners. So he goes to where the Mandalorians are hiding out, which he tracked from the droid that Din Jaren bought from a uh, mechanic person, right? Yes. Um, her name is oh. Strangers with Candy actress. Yeah. yeah, she's she's actually they've got her dolled up to look pretty homely in this. Uh Amy Sedaris. Yeah. yeah. Peli Mato. Peli Mato, thank you. Like she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. She's, she's great. great. And um, this is some pretty weak tea in as far as I'm concerned. Like oh, really? Just, I think so. So, like, hey, how would the how would the new republic cop know where mando is i know yeah let's just take the one thing that wasn't there prior to like this season and we'll be like oh he was in the rebellion and therefore like he can transmit the the code like if i was Paj vizla or whatever like yeah and it's like and here comes r5 i would have taken my laser gatling and blown that <laughs> motherfucker away yeah this is a weird thing to me because i even wrote down i was like droids are traceable uh no. because there's no way that mandalorians don't know that that's a thing if it was a thing right up until uh wednesday right like if this is also like if this thing is on wheels and also a phone yeah <laughs> we're going to dismantle the phone element yeah. right like or, legit. And the art the armorer there's no way the armor isn't like, okay, well, we got to do something about this first. Yeah. First things first, we got to rip out its uh, homing beacon. Right, exactly. So, like, Mandalorian Code of Conduct rule number eight. Skip rules number nine through 11. <laughs> yeah. And it's also weird that it's not like a a, a a black mark on Din's sort of reputation here. It's like, hey. You brought this fucker into our house. Right. That and the first happens thing... a lot in groups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the first thing he says is, hey, Mandalorians pride ourselves on uh, being unfindable. How'd you find us? He's like, well, you paid money for it. Right. The, how is how is everyone? And not only that, but then after that, Din has to be like, hey, guys. Help me out. Help me out with this cause. How is anyone like not like, fuck you, dude? I was fine hiding out here. And then you blew that all up. Here's my retort to that. Yes. Mandalorians may very well prize themselves on their secret secrecy, and they may very well not involve themselves in everybody's shit. Right. However, this is the same group of people that rescued his ass as a kid from some other planet that they didn't live on. That's true. And if you're a Mandalorian and you go through and you train on the beach and your calves are burning, like walking through the <laughs> sand and all that shit. Yeah. And like, you're tired of like big gigantic ter you know, pterodactyls coming and stealing your kids. Turtle beasts. You, you don't sit on the fucking sidelines forever. Sure. You don't pride yourself. Your weapons and armor are not your religion. If you hide in a cave your entire life. Yeah. 
Like you That's get true. out there and you, you like if there's a fight to be had, like I'm surprised that we even had to ask. Here's the thing about it yeah. that I that I was like, what are we doing here? He's asking. Mm-hmm. I would hold up the dark saber and been like, "We're going to Navarro. Anyone want to come? Yeah, all of you, because I have this thing. Neat. Well, he kind of doesn't even believe in it yet, right? That's my fucking problem with it. Because like, if it was me doing it, I'd be like, "See this thing? I beat some dude up and took this, and that means I'm in charge of all of you." So according, going, yeah, according to what somebody else told me, right? We're going to help my buddy. So yeah. like, and I'm going to, I'm going to trade that chip in right now because we're Mandalorians. And this says that I get to say this, but he's all like, like he even says like at the beginning, like I have no right to ask this of you. Yeah. Like I'm almost getting convinced they're trying to write him out of this responsibility. Oh, interesting. Like, cause we, or were, maybe I, I, maybe he's just not, I, I don't know why uh Bo wasn't like, Hey, if you want this, just do this. Just show, whip out your sword, show everybody it, and then we have to go. You know, since they were in the living waters, I've been a little perplexed at like the dynamic of their relationship. Yeah. They feel like partners to me, like, uh, you know, president, vice president vibes. Yeah. Is what I'm getting. But ever since she got accepted by the covert, my my feeling with her is that like she's very willing to accept the flow of like events that are happening around her, but not willing to like, we haven't seen her influence any events since she's, she got there. Right. Like she takes off after the monster. She comes back and reports it. Like they put her in charge of the war party. Cool. I'll do all of that. Hey, I come back. I'm going to be deferential to the armorer. I'm going to have a conversation with her. Like, you know, we are in this situation. Like she is act like, in my opinion, she is acting like the other people in the covert. Yeah. Like to me, and that seems legitimate. Like she is yeah. giving this a real chance. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but I still, but you know, she still kept the whole mythosaur thing a secret at first. She did end up talking about it. So I feel like she still has some sort of, subterfuge going on or you know she's not she's not playing she's not showing all of her cards essentially quite yet of course now that at the end of this episode her and the armor have a conversation it's true that very much puts her ahead of everyone else right um before i answer that i'm gonna say I don't think there's any subterfuge in her right now. I think that I think she, I think when Din went into the waters, mm-hmm. I I genuinely believe that she turned over a new leaf. Like, yeah, this is a chance to be a different person. Who I was didn't work. What I was trying to do wasn't accomplished. I I didn't accomplish. Everyone who I was trying to do that with left, and I sit alone in my house by myself, telling people that drop by to fuck off. Yeah. And then right, she she lost everybody. Yeah, she lost everybody. And here's this guy who doesn't really want anything from me. Yeah. You know, and he is living by this code, the creed. 
and is going on this quest. And I can't help but kind of respect him, even though I don't like him much. Sure. And then his people accepted me. And it's like, oh, okay. Like maybe this is like, she feels like someone who's been adopted by a very religious organization. Sure. Who's like, okay, maybe this will work. Yeah. And then as far as I'm concerned, the armorer turns her into a missionary at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, to unite them all. Um, <clears throat> Admittedly a tall ask for any any point in Mandalorian history. Yeah, but the armorer says even like uh, it's not enough for just us to walk in the way. It sounds like she wants everybody to, right? Um, she does say that she, she says that it's, she says something to the effect of like, it's, uh, it can't just like, it can't just be about us anymore. Like all of us have to, you can unite us. We all must walk the way, like the way of the Mandalore. Yeah. She could be right. However, like we see her break creed, right? She doesn't, she do that. The armor or bow? The armorer asks Bo to remove oh, yeah. the helmet. That breaks Creed. So here's my here's my thoughts. Like one of two things. She's either directly breaking Creed by by removing her helmet in front of anybody else. Or right. we're talking Bo here. We're talking Bo. Or the armorer can interpret Creed, and her interpretation is held as Creed. That is um, shitty. Well, it's, it's. I mean, like, I think that between the two of us, you have been ready for the armorer to be duplicitous this entire season. It's been on my radar. Been on your radar. Yeah. I don't think that that is in the character. Yeah. So my approach, my thought to this was, holy shit. Yeah. And then it was... Is she able to reinterpret Creed? Right, because she says, what she says is, our people have strayed from the way, and it is not enough for a few to walk it. Right? And then, right after that, she asks Bo to take her helmet off. Right. And when Bo um, just justly is like, or justifiably is like, "Mm, no thanks. Mm, Time out. What are we doing here? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She's like, do you not believe in my station right and she says that she does Bo, or do you not Bo, respect my station rather Bo respects the place the armor holds in this in this yeah group, right yeah yeah which <clears throat> it's always weird for me when someone is like hey do this thing that we're not supposed to do uh, i don't want to do that we're not supposed to do it yeah but i'm the boss do as I say, right? <laughs> right? So if the armorer has political machinations or I, I don't is, I, I I don't know what the is secretive and like looking to like exert influence in a certain way, this would be the only evidence that I would point to personally. For sure. So everything else I think could be explained. But also like this bow is new. In the ways of the true. way of the creed, right? So you have a brand new person. It's just the whole thing feels icky to me. 
yes i yes i would agree with that i i completely agree with that it does there there's a very icky vibe yeah like if you break down the components and you didn't say if you didn't say like armorer or bo katan or mandalorian you're just like a person is new to a religion and the person of the highest esteem in that religion you know take your clothes off yeah right exactly right like it's all it's all icky. Now she's like, you you've were you have walked in both worlds, meaning you have followed the way for an indeterminate number of days. Right. And before then, you you were some skank just running around, doing whatever, taking your helmet off for anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh so go back to those people and uh bring them back, bring them over this way. So I don't, yeah, I don't know if she's if the armor is able to just be like, by the way, we no longer have do the helmet thing anymore. Right? <clears throat> sort of like John Smith. God came to me and he said, <laughs> I mean, I lost those, those the first ones, but I remember the other stuff that he said to me. Uh, he, this is how it is now, guys. Right? Like, or is it, you know, are they you going to bring everyone around and then be like, now everybody, look at how cool the the creed is okay we talked a little bit about this off the podcast but my thoughts and feelings are if you send her out to be your missionary yeah and bring other mandalorians to this group to like to unite right yeah you can't do it unilaterally you have to you have to compromise you have to negotiate for sure you have to meet them halfway or you have to have a leader that they all respect. Right. Bo's right. not that right now. Even if the, even if the armorer wants her to become that, she's not going to just show up on the doorstep of any random Mandalorian and be like, I'm calling you to come back to yeah, uh, Mandalore or Navarro with me. And we're going to unite all Mandalorians. They're going to be like, <laughs> that's a Right. Where's my money? Fuck off. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's not that's not how we do shit right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you either have to get them to to follow you by respect or you have to get them to respect like to in order to follow you from like fear or something. And right. like she can't command any of that right now. Yeah. It, the only this... person who could is Dinjarin. Right. Why not so why not send both of them to do this? That's an excellent question. It's one I've really not Thank considered you. because so technically, I guess Din has not walked in both worlds, right? He's removed his helmet. He was an apostate. But he didn't live as a Mandalorian like Bo-Katan did. Right. Now, but he has also, the sword. That's a big deal. That's the, That's the, his main reason, right? That's a big deal. She gives the pitch. He closes it by just and then puts it back. So let's let's for a second hypothesize, right? Yeah. Let's say the armor is playing a real deep game. Yeah. She sent Bo out to fail. Maybe. You know, if she sends Bo out to fail and then Din is successful at it. I mean, Bo's been the new hot shit in town. It's true. These last two episodes, right? Yeah. The only thing Din has done is brought a stranger right to where they were hiding out and right. then asked them to save a town that tried to kill them 
uh, from pirates. That's what Din has done in the last 48 hours. I, he did save Paz Vizsla's kid. That matters. Um, yeah. yeah. My problem with like this move that they've put in uh, from the armorer is that it flies in the face of like two and a half years worth of the character from what we've seen. Yeah. She's been orthodox. She's been by the book. There's been, in my opinion, no political uh, maneuvering whatsoever from her. Like it is, this is the best thing for the Mandalorians. Here's what we consider the Mandalorians to be. It's our covert or then me and this other guy for five minutes. Yeah. Until we can recruit a bunch of other people. So like, remember, they've got 30, 40 people there now in a couple of years. Like their recruitment methods are working or no matter how we want to define it. We don't know what they are, but they're working because they're increasing their numbers. You go to Mandalore, you set up shop, you start pumping out a little, maybe a little Beskar. Everybody's got a pauldron or whatever now. Like, I mean, like that's going to be a Get that great forge going again. Yeah. No, no kidding. Get that forge going again. Now, no one else knows about the Mythosaur, Mythosaur, as far as we know, except the armorer and bow. Not even Din Djarin knows, apparently. Right. Couldn't fucking believe it, but okay. Yeah. So... Yes, you're right. Which is which is part of the reason I think that there's some subterfuge going on between Bo, because she didn't tell Din and still hasn't. So let's um okay. it feels like it's a card she's not willing to play with him yet, but she is with the armorer. So let me ask you okay, so uh Chris, Master Winkle, in his in one of his emails to us posed the question like how relevant is the mythosaur being reintroduced to the Mandalorians? And I don't know that it's really been conveyed. Like I hate to do this, but I can't think of a better comparison. If Jesus were to come back to earth, (laughs) yeah, it is that religiously significant to this group of people. Like the mythosaur represents their entire culture. Like they based part of their culture a huge part of it off of the qualities that this animal exemplified now they also hunted them to extinction because they thought it was cool to kill them and it proved how cool they were because they were so ferocious correct and that's how you proved how cool you were so like in the maasai culture like when a when a you know 12 or 13 year old is ready to become a man he has to go out into the bush and kill a lion or that's how they used to do it apparently yeah not many 12 year olds come back from that yeah but like those who do it's like yeah well there's no denying that like you know like when we were talking about fighting an animal earlier (laughs) yeah (laughs) those fucking people really do it yeah right in early you know so like i wouldn't fight a lion if i mean there's no amount of money on earth no so, because uh, I've seen them kill other stuff, and I was like, I couldn't kill the thing that they were eating. So, I, there's no fucking chance. <laughs> right. Let me make sure my scales are working. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I think it's interesting that Bo has not told yeah. Din Jaren about the Mythosaur. Yeah. It's also one of the things that, like, makes me think that, like, Bo has also turned over a new leaf and, like, believes in the way. Because... When she's talking to the armorer, she's also talking to her priest. Yeah. And like, there are things, I mean, not you, but like most other people, like there are things that I just wouldn't tell them. Sure. Sure. Because they'd be like, the fuck is wrong with you? 
right? right? Like you're nuts. We all have that something or whatever to us. Yeah. That you just don't tell 99% of the other people in your life about, right? Right. Well, I mean, like this would be like, I saw a ghost and the ghost gave me a recipe for chocolate chip cookies and I've been dying to try it out. And they'd be like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's so stupid. Like, I yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that shit happened and like no one believed you, you, I mean, people will go. I mean, why do people hate speaking in public? You think they're going to die? No. It's because they're afraid to face embarrassment. People will judge me. Right. No one wants to be embarrassed. No one wants to be judged. And if it means shutting your fucking mouth about something that you know to be true, to 99% of the people out there, that's what that's what people do. Right. You know, and if it's like, hey, this person, my, you know, if you're Catholic, it's your priest. If it's like uh, your doctor, you know, or, yeah. you know, your therapist, like there are laws about confidentiality where like they cannot tell other people shit about you. Right. Unless it's like, I'm pretty sure that he's killing and eating people. Yeah. But if it's like, hey, I saw this mythical creature that we base basically our entire like society upon in the waters of this planet that we don't go to anymore you know even the armor didn't believe her at the first at first you know she was like oh you had a, you had a vision neato yeah <clears throat> no i like legit saw it oh okay, okay cool <laughs> hadn't been one for right i mean like thousands of years they've they thought these things are dead i don't know why why did they not Make a fucking beeline to Mandalore, first of all. Right. Just to check it out. If you're just like, like, hey, hey, Mecca's back up, guys, if you guys want to go. Right. (laughs) I mean, you go then, right? Yeah. It'd be like, we have not been allowed to visit the Holy City this whole goddamn time, right? Yeah. But like, now you're telling me that Chernobyl's done and we can go there again or whatever? Splendid. Yeah. Well, let's make a, let's make a pilgrimage. Like, the only reason they didn't do it is because the writers wrote it some other way. Right. If this was a real group of people, I would have been like, hey, Bo, you got fuel in that ship? Yeah, exactly. Pit stop. The, it's in the same fucking system. <laughs> it's real close. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the bird episode, was that the last one? I think uh, before this, yeah. It felt very weird and kind of like, they edited the whole thing together and were like, oh, let's put one more episode with these birds. You right. know, it just sort of felt like the day you learn Mandalore's still there, you fucking go to Mandalore the next day. You don't have to book a trip. You don't have to buy a ticket. You own the fucking thing that gets you there. Right. Right? Yep. So, like, I don't know. the Why isn't anyone wanting to go to there? And why hasn't the armorer wanting to go there? yet it just all seems weird to me i think there's definitely something going on it's like i have had no idea what's happening the whole season yeah they and the end of this episode just continues to confirm (laughs) that i have no idea which i guess is good right like yeah i'm surprised like karga mentions you know after they so they kick out the pirates right cool cool uh fighting with the planes with the spaceships rather uh although also uh i don't know what's more what's the most effective thing uh but an army of mandalorians 
seems hella effective militarily. I would not be militarily. Militarily. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be a lot less worried about pirates if there was just like, uh, if you're looking for the Mandalorians, they're on 8th Street. (laughs) And I mean, they were, uh, they were an elite unit. Uh, I really enjoyed watching the armorer kick ass too. I thought that was uh, a really cool scene. I'm going to grab the back of your head with my tongs and just beat the shit out of you. And it's like, I've never been hit by a wrench the size of my arm. I imagine it's unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah. And considering how that motherfucker crumpled to the ground, it was. Right. So at the end there, Karga's like, all right, y'all get your plot out by the hot springs. Like I promised, you can hang out here while you prepare to go back to Mandalore is what he says, I believe. He's like, forevermore, you get like 8th Street all the way out to the wastelands where we dump our trash. Thank you for saving our lives. That's not what he said. Yeah, I was real close. So, um, but he he basically cedes them a lot of land as a thank you, right? Yeah. And it's like in perpetuity, right? And so then the armorer is like, um, hey, thanks. Now we have a place that we can set up and like not live in a cave. Also, we're going to go to Mandalore now. Thank you. Like it's 10 right. minutes later. She's like, we're going to go retake our homeworld. Did did he see us some land or something? Isn't that cute? Eighth Street to Bullet Canyon. But like, yeah, that's we're great. just going to go at this whole planet. It's not nearly as nice as Navarro. I like how he's like, you don't have a home planet anymore, but now you have a home. Like, dude, yeah. why you gotta remind us about that? Yeah, I you know, it is a little bit of a I I think what he was trying to do was like, you know, like we are super grateful that yeah. you guys saved our ass. And like we want you to consider this to be your home. You know, and remember the people that know that like Mandalore is okay to go to is Bo and Din. And I guess the armor. Well, they, I mean, everybody knows that it's good. She did Why? the whole, she did, he brought the water. Everyone went into the cave. That's she pours true. the water and there's like, oh shit, it's legit. You're right. Right? They did do that. Yeah. So <clears throat> everybody knows it's fine now. They just had to have, you know, it's training day. It was, uh, it was, apprentice and foundling training day so they couldn't skip that and then the birds by the way Karga's is going to be real surprised when those three giant baby monster birds show up next uh tomorrow <laughs> i'll he... bet i'll bet good money we never see those birds again no we better they fucking bought them on the ship that to to come back they better show up here in navarro well, I, w- I wonder if they left someone behind to feed them when they jetted off to Navarro to well, kill the pirates. I, I mean, I got to imagine someone's watching the, the kids right now. Would, right? would stand a reason. Yeah, maybe it's that little droid. Yeah, here's Ragnar Yeah, trying to look over the kids. Birds get out. Oh, they're hungry. What a mess, you know? Like, adults yeah. come back and they're like, hey, seven of the 12 of you are gone. Yeah, but the birds are fine, and that's what my job was. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's how I would expect them to perform. So A plus. Like, yeah. Let's get me. Let's get me a pauldron here. 
so then the last thing that we see yeah i was what what's this guy from adelphi his name is tiva carson now i didn't bring up his name because i don't want you to have to learn another name thank you tiva like yeah tiva is out there flying in space randomly like one does you happen across the one derelict shuttle in all of space (laughs) by the way space is infinite yeah (laughs) think of the ocean and then just make it nothing but ocean for as long as your brain can expand right and then there you go longer yeah and then that's space (laughs) it's forever (laughs) that's the definition of space um yeah he happens upon this derelict lambda class shuttle i mean it's easy if he was looking for it which he was right right to to know the i'm sure the uh flight path was well documented on one of their two-bit computers and uh circle meets square now we're going to (laughs) Yeah. yeah so he sees a ship there just floating in space very so like we learned that this was the shuttle that was conveying moff gideon to his war tri- war crimes tribunal yeah shot to shot to hell it was a rumor up until now yeah for the past few episodes that um he disappeared or it, everyone disappeared yeah and Turns we don't know what rain. happened yeah. <laughs> the rumors were true uh was it the uh, the rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated? <laughs> something like that. It's a famous quote from somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, we see something that I've never seen before, which is that uh, the little eye stalk that like R2-D2 has that he like uses like when he's in the swamp on Dagobah or in the sands on Tatooine that he uses to like periscope around. Yeah. This droid, which is a newer model, much newer model than uh, R2, uh, its little eye stalk thing can detach and like float around and be like a probe or something like for this kind of stuff, like fit in small places, kind of a, you know, look yeah. around, figure shit out kind of stuff. Pretty helpful. Um, And so it takes some pictures and takes some readings and it looks like the ship got blown to pieces or big holes got put into it. And then someone extracted Moff Gideon. Right. And he's on the lamb. They can't. They look at all the bodies. Yeah, and uh, he's the only one that's gone. N minus one, right? Yeah. Uh, and then they find a little uh, bit of shrapnel, mm-hmm. which is a, a little bit of Beskar. Hey, how many times have you seen Din Jiren get just straight up fucking shot? in the series so far hey a lot. how many times have you seen his best car like crack and break nary a one correct so can you please explain to me how best car just gets left behind yeah uh it'd have to be put there very delicately or indelicately so once again i was in contact with a friend of ours uh master ramsdell who asked me who who did it who broke him out right so like tiva carson and his droid they're talking to somebody like on the yeah you know the wire he's live streaming it so this is yeah. public 100 percent classified but he's got over a million followers so <laughs> yeah. 
they're talking and it's like uh there's like oh there's a there's some best score beskar alloy here and so the dude on the other end of the radio is like the mandalorians took moff gideon let's be real straight about something no yeah they would have just blown the fucking ship up yeah because i mean like anything i think mandalorians are in cahoots with moff well so here's the thing about that Um, during the Empire in Rebels we see a group of Mandalorian collaborators they were led by a guy named Gar Saxon and then his younger brother something Saxon took over when he got killed and then I am assuming that third Saxon is probably the guy that's hanging out with the Empire now and they had white armor which looked fucking dope Yeah, and uh, they were a real problem you know, but like Mandalorians kind of have a history of following the people with strength. Sure. And it's not a too big of a stretch for me to be like the Empire may not be nice and they you they probably aren't gonna agree with you about shit. But one thing they certainly were was strong. Yeah. And I could see some Mandalorians really respecting that. And they turned they turned traitor. And uh yeah. Now, we have not seen anything like that. Did they turn traitor? Well, when you sell your own people out. So, like, remember Vichy France during World War II? Sure. That was a bunch of French people that just worked for the Nazis, knowing full well what they were, because the Nazis were going to prop those people up over other French people. Yeah. I would call those fucking people traitors. Sure. Anyone that works with Nazis is our traitors. So, like... At and what point Empire did everyone know that the Empire Nazis. were Nazis, though? They're straight-up Nazis. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. Now, in Star Wars, there's no such thing as a Nazi. Right. But when it's like, hey, if it looks like an Empire Nazi and it walks like an Empire, they're just Nazis. So, like, they were evil. Everyone knew that. Yeah. It's, but, like, what we have learned is that, like, if you have an authoritarian leader... If you buy into that shit, there's probably going to be a place at the table for you, right? And that's what these people in in Rebels thought, was that here's our path forward to, like, whether it's running the planet, whether it's cozying up to the new power in town, whatever it was, like, they have their own reasons for doing it. They're just willing to trade their own people in order to acquire it, which makes them shitty. Yeah. So anyways, like, I'm betting Moff Gideon seems to have some kind of fascination fascination with the Mandalorians, right? Like he was in charge of their planet. He probably, he was involved in the purge, the night of a thousand tears. And uh, he had the dark saber. And like, I know that his armor wasn't best car, but like he, he didn't look like your average Imperial, like I'm in uniform guy. No, no. He has a fucking cape on capes, by the way, the most useless fashion thing ever. I mean, I'd be fine if we brought them back, but they don't serve much of a purpose uh, combat-wise. Right. Here's what I would. Here's what would happen with me if I was to wear a cape and I was going to fight, like, say, waves of eight-year-olds. Yeah. I would trip on the cape and die. <laughs> sure. Mandalorian so, has a cape. He does. I hate it. Uh-huh. But um, like, just take it away. 
Like you don't need it. You're fucking dope just on the helmet alone. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> and the armor's so shiny that like no one's gonna, you know. Ugh. Maybe that's why he needs the cape. Cut down on that glare. Yeah, perhaps. Plus, it looks cool when he's using his jetpack. That's true. That's also why the end of his cape is frayed. <laughs> but like, <clears throat> yeah. My bet would be the Mandalorians that we have seen thus far in the show, they're not the ones that have Gideon. No. My bet is we are gonna see we are gonna see them bring back the collaborative Mandalorians from Rebels and insert them into the live action. Interesting. And they are going to be loyal to Gideon. So we're gonna have Mandalorians v Mandalorians then. Would not be surprised. Also, be really cool. Also, if the someone rides the Mythosaur and destroys them, that would be great. (laughs) Yeah. For me, it's weird to be like, oh, there's a piece of Beskar, huh? Damn Mandalorians. Because they're not the only ones that have it now. We saw the Empire had stacks of it. It seems fairly common to a degree that it's not a stretch to be anybody with the capability of breaking Moff Gideon out of his escort to a war tribunal probably has their hands on a couple of illicit materials yeah you know if i was if i was going to send like one of like the fbi's 10 most wanted or whatever i would not drive them to their trial in a honda civic no but that is straight up what the new republic did yeah <laughs> like I, the lambda class shuttle i don't even know if it has guns so do you think that that was by design could be you know, so the 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 fact that there is Beskar left at the scene, yeah, doesn't sit well with me. Beskar is like the diamonds of the Star Wars universe; like it's basically mm-hmm. unbreakable, it's unobtainium, easy, <laughs> easy with that. First of all, that's the worst name of anything I've ever heard. Yeah. You don't <laughs> you don't leave I mean Beskar doesn't get left behind. It's not a fingerprint. No. Like and that's how they're treating it, right? They're treating yeah, it like yeah. here's the evidence because like how else could you identify Mandalorians? So the only other thing that I can think of is someone left it there on purpose. Right. Why would you do that? I have no idea. To I mean, implicate like, the Mandalorians, I guess. The only uh, so like who know who even knows about this group, right? So like to me, are we talking about a different group of Mandalorians? The only other group I'm I'm even aware of is the group that left Bo Katan and all the yeah. guns and ships that she stole, and are wandering around as mercenaries, like that she mentioned, like in one of the episodes this earlier this season. Yeah, I guess it's possible that it was Mandalorians, right? Just not the ones that. There are, they are out there, right? Because we know because the armor sends her off to go get them. Right. So here's the other thing. What if it's the group that left Bo? Sure. I don't know. I'm getting I'm gonna get an idea that like real early Wednesday morning, I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, because we're coming down to the wire. Yeah. I mean, there's only three episodes left. Like 
is there going to be some kind of internal there's for there's probably going to be some kind of conflict with gideon they got to return to mandalore in some respect and remember i don't know anything that's going to happen in this show usually i can predict things with relative accuracy and i'm just shooting blanks over here which which i like like we we figured that grief cargo would come back at some point and he did yes not really again just sort of moving the plot forward by the way where's ig11 at he was left on that planet right well tom they've got to be fixing him up because they're best <laughs> friends and he trusts them <laughs> yeah i and did can't like go exploring mandalore without him even though there's no room for you in the ship right right and i i did like that um his little statue without his torso is still there <laughs> i mean what do you do i mean <laughs> You've got the uh, you've got the pirate problem, and you're just like, listen, droid. I'm dealing with the pirates. Can you please have someone <laughs> take down the memorial statue in the town square? Yeah, he couldn't have that on one of his infrastructure meetings that we came in on. It's ridiculous. I did like that they showed it though, and I was like, oh, a gentle reminder that that whole fucking thing from the first episode just doesn't straight up matter at all. Yeah. Well. Of course not. We have uh we have the uh easily traceable uh Republic bot to to worry about now. You know, like whatever that like app is on your phone, the locator thing, that's literally like, hey, we gave it wheels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which this kind of made me think, how do you feel about this when they do something like that? that can court that sort of like changes the course of how other things would have operated if this was a known thing. Like now you want, now I want to go back and anytime someone was lost or missing, but they had their dro- like R2 yeah. was maybe like with them or something. Trace the droid, just right? like, yeah, just go, go there, turn on the whole thing. Um, short answer is I'm not a fan. Like here's the, re- <laughs> yeah. here's the reason why, like when I watched the episode, I've watched the episode three times, every time that I've watched the episode and Tiva shows up on that planet and it's yeah. like, Hey, I'm here. Can you come out of your cave? I, I know where you're, I know you're here. <clears throat> yeah. And then it's like, I served with somebody <laughs> in the rebellion <laughs> and R5 yeah. rolls up. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm like, that's so weak. Yeah why grief carga calls the guy in the new republic because they have like a communicator or something or you know where to send the call to or whatever yeah the mandalorian and grief carga don't have a fucking like pocket phone that you you know like a burner that you call each other on when you need help yeah i i think we're supposed to assume that that's who he's calling because we see him make a call right we see him recording to his droid can't can't get voicemail right is uh grief and Bo on good terms? I'm just saying, like, there's there's something else you could have done that was like within the realm of possibility, and it's just sure. like, oh hey, the the R five unit told me where you guys were. Yeah, or at least it was trackable, or yeah, or whatever. And I'm just like, because my main problem with it is that there was no connection between Tiva and the droid. Yeah. And you just invented one to suit the needs of the story. 
unless he's in a movie or something that shows that droid there, then that would be cool. But if it didn't exist at all until went last Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, then that's no good. Yeah, like Mando picks up the droid from Tatooine. Right now, we knew that Tiva was... Here's the only connection I can think of. Tiva and his buddy, the young pilot or whatever, yep. show up after Mando uh, gets the N1 Starfighter and Peli helped him like tune it up or whatever. And then like he just outruns them when they're like, hey, do you got a license to fly that N1? And he just outruns them. Yeah. Hits the afterburners and he's gone, right? R5 and Tiva were in the same place at the same time once in the whole history of Star Wars. That's the only connection we're aware of. And there's no guarantee that they, you know, they, they I mean, like, you wouldn't have been like, oh, they were both on Tatooine. They must have served in the Rebellion together and had communication capabilities. Right. So, to me, it was just like, I've been unhappy with the writing. Now I've heard a rumor on the internet, so it's probably true. Oh, for sure. That like John Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy, who's like the executive VP of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, everyone blames her for sequel trilogy and basically anything that's bad about Star Wars. Now people just lay at Kathleen Kennedy's door. Oh, yeah. Um, so apparently uh, the rumor goes that Kathleen Kennedy tried to quote unquote meddle in the Mandalorian season three this year. And Favreau had to threaten to quit in order to get the story. Wow. Written the way that he wanted to. <laughs> so like, first of all, Kathleen Kennedy might be like a higher up at Disney, but she's not in charge. Someone everyone's got a boss, right? Yeah. So like, the, pe the people who own Disney, their board of directors or whatever, mm -hmm. if it was like, you keep messing with our products, like she would just be gone. Right. And, you know, like, first of all, the sequel trilogy was a success. Like those movies rank in the top 10 films grossing all time. Right. So go fuck yourselves if you don't <laughs> think that she did a good job. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. on her watch, oh, all of the live action shows that are coming out or whatever have been on her watch have been greenlit by her so you don't yeah. get the mandalorian you don't get ahsoka you don't get andor you don't get any of it kenobi without Ahsoka's a Kennedy. big one yeah yeah <clears throat> you know so let's remember that too i mean like if you're gonna list everybody's shit like tell you know highlight it when they do a good job you know right. so like but i mean that doesn't mean that there isn't creative direct like creative problems i mean like i do know for a fact that kenobi got delayed because when they mm. brought in Filoni and Favreau, they looked at the scripts and said, no, this is all terrible. And they threw them out and rewrote the whole season. Yeah. And like McGregor took off like nine months, like after they were already in shooting. Because they just came in and like. Since the sequel trilogy came out, I don't remember when episode nine came out. What year? But like it's three, four years ago. Maybe yeah. more. <clears throat> there have been a slew of movies rumored to have been in production not one of them has begun filming so i don't know if that's just like breadcrumbs to keep everybody like on the hook or whatever mm -hmm. but like whether it's taika watiti or ryan johnson or any of the other rumored directors that have been like signed on to these projects no one's got their shit off the ground right 
So like we're either being incredibly selective about like what stories we're going to put out there or something that I haven't been able to figure out yet or, and don't care about because whatever they put out, I'm going to watch. (laughs) So like, I, it doesn't matter to me, you know, like I'll either like it or it'll be made for somebody else and I'll try and like find the silver lining. So cool. Great. You're adding to star Wars. That's what we're going to do. So like I don't care if it's Ryan Johnson or Taika or whoever else. Like just make just make a fucking movie. Yeah. I'll go see it in theaters. I'll buy the popcorn and everything. A lot of people will, I'm sure. Yeah. Because it's you have the one tradable thing that's hooked all of us to watch it, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise. Yeah. Which is that after the previews, you're gonna go Star Wars and then the, the scroll's <laughs> gonna happen. And everyone's going to freak out like a little kid again. And that's the whole reason you paid the price of the ticket. So you can feel like you were 14 again. Right. So, yeah, so bring it on. But I have no idea what's going on in the season of the Mandalorian. Like I have. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. Like all of the other stuff that they brought out has sort of been like, we need to get from A to B. Yeah. And then they, they spend the whole season doing that. And this time. It sort of feels that way, but they're not really. They're taking their time getting there for sure. If they mm-hmm. if they even end up in Mandalore, right? Like if that's the end goal, who knows? Who knows what it's going to be or or who's going to be in charge? He hasn't used the sword in a while, um, so he's due. Thank God. But I don't know. I still really enjoy it. I liked the last episode, and I'm excited to see the next one. If we finish this season and he starts flinging that sword on like some samurai or whatever. I'll take a huge sigh of relief and been like, oh, thank Christ. We've arrived. Yeah. Instead you of know, this ongoing tension. If if he doesn't, I just don't understand it. Like, I don't know. Like, I know Star Wars zigs sometimes when they should have zagged. Sure. The sequel trilogy is evidence of that. But like, if you give him the Darksaber and you make all this big deal out of it from like season two and then into Book of Boba Fett and now it's season three and it's like and then we brought in Bo-Katan to be the leader of the Mandalorians. I'm going to be like, you know what? <laughs> you can take the Darksaber and you can lodge it somewhere no one can see it. Somewhere dark. And then turn it on. Yeah. Then you'll see it. Yeah. So a lot riding on it for you, it sounds like. So like I've had we last episode we talked about qualms. In fact, that's what I named our last episode when I put it up on Spotify. Nice. Tom finally has qualms. (laughs) But like there has been a stark difference in the storytelling this year to me as opposed to the first two years. I would agree. And so, like, what triggered that? Where is it leading? Why did you do it this way? the only way I'm going to be able to like reach some kind of like closure with it is when I get to the end of the story and I can see a to Z yeah, and see like, this was your thought process. Now I don't know what, I don't know where we're going to end up. Yeah. But if the, the one thing that can throw a wrench into my positivity about this, this season of the Mandalorian is if it's like, I don't understand why you thought you would end up here. Yeah. It doesn't have, I mean, like it doesn't need to be like something that would be like, I approve of this ending. Mm -hmm. I just want to be able to have it end up in some place that like, you can explain for the characters. Right. Yeah. 
He doesn't yeah, have to be like, sense. I would have them eating ice cream together on Mandalore in their Beskar ice cream shop. You know, like, I don't give a shit about that part. But if it's like, oh, Paz Vizsla wins the Darksaber from Din Djarin, kicks him into the living waters where he's consumed by the Mandalorian and accepts Grogu as a foundling, I'm going to be like, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on here? Why is Pedro upset? Pay him more. I can't imagine it, that it would be that extreme. You know, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need yeah. to make the point that it's yeah, just yeah. like, it doesn't have to have my stamp of approval on it, but it, see, it needs to make right. like some kind of logical sense. You want to be able to explain why, why they got where they got. Yes, I do. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we'll get a little bit closer on Wednesday. Absolutely, we will. We did it. We did do it, Tom. And on time this time. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Well, if, if you yeah. liked it or didn't like it, you can email us at mediocreconversations at gmail.com. Or just listen to it on Spotify. Just listen to it. Just listen yeah. to it. It's really good. We're really ha- we're having a lot of fun here. Yeah. Just listen to it. Yeah. That should be the this be motto of our show. Just listen to it. Just, just listen, listen to it. Just yeah. Just kind of listen to it, I guess. We, I mean, we we shouldn't expect, we should only expect mediocrity from our listeners, right? If our analytics are telling us the truth, which I have to assume they are, because it's yeah. Math, yeah, people listen to this show for over two minutes an episode. So don't look at that. It's really disheartening. Don't look at that statistic. That's a bad yeah. one. I've started to like go to work and just like on my phone, I'll bring up Spotify and I just let one of our episodes sure. run on silent, just trying to up the average. So that when that's, I look at it, it's like most of that's me. Yeah. Oh no, we're real big in this particular part of the state. Yeah. All right. We should have more. Get more people to listen to it. Hundred percent. Yeah. But until next time, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs>